Hey guys, Alex here with the AJ Nashville Podcast. Hey, I just want to take a moment and thank our sponsors. House on the Rock Home Inspection with Dave Ganatra. You can feel free to reach his team at 615-717-7900. Let me tell you, when it comes to protecting your greatest asset that you ever purchase, Dave's got you covered. Builders fear this man. Feel free to reach out to his team. Once again, 615-717-7900. Next on our great list of sponsors is the Rap Lab. Any type of printed marketing that you're looking for, maybe it's a wrap on your vehicle, maybe it's a new logo design for your new company, reach out to Rich at the Rap Lab. Let him know I sent you 615-913-0372. Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com. Want to thank everybody for tuning in for this great Friday podcast. It's kind of a gloomy day out there today, isn't it, Jeff? It is. It's kind of crazy, but... Nonetheless, it is Friday. For a lot of you, this is the end of the work week. For some of you, this is the beginning of your work week, depending on what it is that you do for a living. I know a lot of people that are tuning in are either veterans or your people that are in the mortgage and real estate industry. So for those of you that are in that industry, welcome to your Monday, basically. (laughs) So anyways, what I want to talk about today is, you know, I've been getting quite a few messages here over the past couple of weeks, and that's regarding how... I've went through some of the struggles and the things I've went through in life and how I continue to push forward. And, you know, people saying, hey, I'm having a hard time right now. I'm going through X, Y, and Z, and I don't feel like I'm ever getting out of my hole. How did you do it? So that's what I want to go over. I want to make something very well known first off. First off, I'm nowhere near where it is I want to be. The direction I want to go and the direction I am headed to isn't the last stop. It's not like I'll I'll achieve this certain thing and all of a sudden everything's great and I can relax and and go on about my business and live the rest of my life in retirement. That's not the case. But what is the case is the fact that I've been down some pretty dark roads and have somehow managed to survive and succeed and and kind of brush the things off that would normally bring most people down. We're going to talk about how to do that. Jeff, you're fortunate to a certain degree because while I'm telling this story, you have been involved in some of those pictures as far as knowing where I've been and where I've gone and where I'm going and things like that since we work so closely together and we've been friends for, I I don't know how long. I think we were talking about that the other day. We're about eight years in. Yeah, I I think it's a little bit longer than that. I think you underestimate the amount of years because it's time has flown by. I think it's closer to probably, I would say anywhere between eight to ten because you got to realize Rowan's going to be four. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and we've known each other longer than four years prior to that, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I broke my legs in 2013. How long ago was that? Five years ago? Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been your assistant for almost three years now. Yeah. So, but anyways, as far as staying focused on things, you know, a lot of us, we have other people that rely on what it is we do. You know, some of us that, there are some of the people I've talked to, they're self-employed, they're starting a, a new business. You know, maybe they've been in the industry for a while and and things are changing. And so they're having to adapt and having to change those habits. You know, the biggest thing that I see is you have to always be willing to pivot and kind of move. You know, you can never say, hey, I've, I've accomplished this. Now I can do this the exact same way for the rest of my life and we're good to go. I discussed this in the last podcast. You kind of grow as the market changes, and you're going to grow in a different direction. It's kind of like a tree when it's planted in the ground. If it's not getting enough water, the root's going to move to the water source, and the tree kind of adapts based on its surroundings. If not, it does what? Dies. Exactly, dies. So the goal is not to die. The goal is to be able to move, adapt, and 
create some sort of success. Now, success is measured in different amounts. I mean, you can't go out there and, and I mean, you can, but for the most part, people don't go out there in the first month of being in the mortgage industry and just strike gold and suddenly they're killing it and they're doing all kinds mm-hmm. of deals and they went from rags to riches. But there's enough stories out there of people that have been, you know, living on the street that there's a loan officer, actually, a, a manager. He hired a guy that was literally homeless. And now this guy's got a house, he's got a car, mm-hmm. he's got, you know, all the stuff that a person would desire that at one point had none of that, you know. And so a lot of that has to do with what you're able to handle, what you're able to go through, what you're able to see through. I mean, a lot of it takes grit. You have to be willing to be pushed down. You have to be willing to put in the work. And that's where a lot of people fail. A lot of people hit a hard road and they say, fuck this. This is too difficult for me. Case in point, the end of the year is coming. And this is a big determining factor for two of our industries that we work closely in. Real estate agents are having renewals on their insurance or licensing, the fees that are due, things like that. And mortgage people are having that same thing, the continuing education, the one that the, the one thing that all of us dread, the continuing education, because it takes so fucking long to get through that stuff. And it is literally mindless. Like the questions that are asked, you're like, hey, if I know how to do my job, I can answer these questions pretty easily. But you still have to go through the eight or the 10 or the 12 hours of timed coursework, which is exhausting. But that really separates the people that are committed to success. So what you'll see is this time of year, you'll see a lot of people that drop that license and they go back to whatever it was they were comfortable with, you know, the $10 an hour job, $20 an hour job, whatever it may be. And they go back into that routine and they forget about their dreams and they start living somebody else's. You know, it's, it's something that people, they, hey, you know what, real estate just isn't for me. Well, why isn't it for you? Did you do the work? Because if you work 40 hours a week in this industry, you'll probably get the results, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen it. When you and I really put our nose to the grindstone, we generate yeah. and a stupid amount of business. I mean, we've generated in short what, periods of time. Yeah, like $4 like, million dollars in our pipeline in the past week, mm-hmm. week and a half. I mean, that's something that most people can't do in a month or two. You know, But it's, it's about focusing about doing the things that you need to do in order to be successful. See, I can't – from my standpoint, because I grew up poor, because we didn't have electricity, we didn't have water, we didn't have a lot of the things that we consider to be kind of normal. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you turn on the light switch, there's an expectation that it's going to come on. Take it for granted, yeah. Exactly. And so looking at that, I can't put my kids through that same position. So I have to work hard regardless, and I have to stay focused. And the best thing is, is when you start to achieve success, out comes a group of what we call haters. People that want to bring you down, people that want to second guess what it is you do, people that want to talk bad behind your back. There's a, a loan officer that he's talked to one of my realtor partners numerous times and have said negative things to him numerous times. But the funny thing is this particular person has seen that and they're like, you produce results. This person just talks about results. There's a big difference between the two. You know, When you can produce what it is you talk about, when you show what it is that you know, That really separates you. But what it does for me is it says, you know what? This person's in fear of me dominating that marketplace. And I have no intentions. I feel like there's enough room for all of us to be successful and there's enough room for all of us to eat without having to down talk somebody else. Now, if I wanted to dominate that marketplace, guess what I could do? Dominate. You're so fucking weird, Jeff. But yeah. I mean, that's definitely something I could do if I wanted to, but I really feel like there's an abundance mentality that, hey, those that work hard are always going to get what it is that's coming to them. You should be able to live the day and live the weekend 
that you deserve based on the work it is that you did, right? Mm -hmm. So getting up and getting after it and hustling and doing what you have to do, even if that's taking a phone call at 730 at night, sometimes you have to do those things to be successful, you know? Now, I'm speaking of that directly towards a specific industry, which is mortgage and real estate. There's a lot of people out there that don't have to do that, and that's okay too. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. But you should receive the results that you put in. I'm not telling you to not spend time with your family. I'm not telling you to not enjoy and go on vacations and things like that. But if you find yourself in a position where things aren't going well, don't take a fucking vacation. Yeah, it's not the time. Right. You know how many people I've seen that they're, they're one second they're bitching about not having money. The next second they're having dinner at, at some high-end restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know you have to make certain sacrifices to do those things. And I know some of the people I've talked to, to through private messenger – they're making those sacrifices. But and, – and one of the people I talked to specifically said, you know, I feel like I'm failing my wife and kids. Well, guess what? If you were gone, your wife and kids would be in a worse position than they are with you being there because the fact of the matter is they're better with you because you have the drive and the motivation and the will to do more for them than they can do for themselves. So you know, you have to keep that focus. You have to say, hey, I'm doing this for the benefit of my family. And even though I'm sacrificing some time with them right now, I'm doing it so they can live healthy, so they can live happy, so they can have the things that they deserve because that's what we do. You know, as providers, both men and women, doesn't matter which one you are. I'm not saying men are their providers. I want to make that clear. But as parents and as providers and as individuals, even if you don't have kids, the goal is to reach a certain level of comfort. Not necessarily, once again, success because success isn't necessarily measured by a dollar amount, but comfort. For more, you know, it, I think comfort's measured by a dollar amount to some degree. I mean, if you can't pay your bills, are you comfortable? No. And and somebody can and somebody will make this argument. Well, you know, there's homeless people out there that are happy and they're comfortable. That's true. But you're talking about a very small percentage of the masses. Huge. I mean, a huge difference of the people that are unhappy and uncomfortable because they're barely scraping by compared to the homeless person that is happy and is comfortable and isn't scraping by. There's the number difference between that is huge. So don't even fucking get in that argument with me because it's a waste of time. But being focused on your results and being focused on the reason that you're trying to obtain those results, it's huge. You know, I look at my kids every day like Rowan comes out and, and I'm walking out the front door and she runs down the hallway and gives me a big hug and kiss. Do you not think that that resonates with me when she's walking away and I think to myself, I've got to fucking get after it today mm-hmm. because I owe it to her because she relies on me to provide. And if I don't do that, then I've let her down, you know, and, and that's not a comfortable feeling. It's She's a three-year-old. She doesn't have a ton of thoughts as far as letting down or not letting down. But as an adult, I do. And so I owe it to them to make sure I can do the things that uh, – everything I can to make sure they live happy and healthy. You know, and I really think that that's the key. Like I said, people have asked me, hey, what is it that you do to keep going forward? We have setbacks. We have setbacks all the time. You know, think about the deals that we have that go through. Think about being unhealthy, you know. Not having money, breaking my legs, uh, not closing deals, losing deals at the last minute. You know, all the different things that happen in life. Uh, Breakups, you know, uh, new relationships, new babies, old babies, anything like that. You know, you look at all those things and you really have to analyze and say, okay, will these things stop my forward progression? And the answer to that should be no, right? 
you should continue to push forward even though you have traumatic things. Like when I lost my mom, by every sense of the means, I should have been like, you know what, fuck this and given up. But instead, I was motivated more because I knew I didn't want to let her down. You know, she didn't live her life sacrificing for me for me to be like, fuck it. I'm I'm sad now. I'm just going to let everything down. Um, most people don't know over this past week and on Friday, last Friday, uh, my grandpa passed away. And it's not someone that I've always been super, super close to, but I spent the majority of my life from uh, pretty much when I was born to about 12 years old at his house, you know, especially on the weekends. That's where I spent a lot of my time. So even though it wasn't a hugely impactful thing, it's something that I, I could have sat there and felt sorry for myself and why me and, and all this other stuff. But I didn't because I have a belief that, you know, we all know people are going to go. People are going to die. There's no question about it. Some people go before others and some people go before their time. But I can't live my life in vain for the things he did to help raise me to be the man I am today. I can't just let all those things down. I owe it to him to continue to move on with my success and, and push forward he was a Navy veteran, so I owe it to him to help continue to serve his brothers and sisters that still serve after him. You know, So I think that that motivation and that intention, you can look at it. There, there's two sides to the coin. You can look at it and say, hey, I'm going to feel really bad about this, and I'm just going to why me, poor me, and have everyone else feel sorry for me, or I'm going to take this, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to learn. Now, I'm not saying don't be sad. Did I ever tell you not to be sad when your mom passed away? <laughs> no, but other times you don't. You know. Well, that's because you – no, I mean let's be fair now. When your mom passed away – I just I, had to make you grin. Right. But when your mom passed away, for you, that was a very traumatic thing, which I totally get. I don't get it to the magnitude that maybe you went through it because we never – you know, the thing that pisses me off is people are always like, I know exactly what you're going through. I lost my mom too. I don't. I don't know how close you were or how close you weren't or – things you enjoyed or things you didn't, you know, so I don't know what you're going through or what you went through, but I do know how it feels to lose a parent mm -hmm. from my aspect, right? you know, and, and I hate it when people say that. I know what you're going through. No, you don't. No, you don't because you don't know how my mind works and, and how I deal with grief and, and going through things because everyone's kind of programmed differently. But the one thing we can say is you you felt sorry for yourself for a little while, which is understandable. I did too. I felt sorry for myself for a long while. I drank every night for fucking like a year straight. Every single night I drank something, you know. Um, the easiest thing for me to do was to drink away those emotions as opposed to sit there and deal with them. And that's the hardest thing for a lot of people is when you come to terms with what it is that's fucking you up in your head, then you can start living again. You know, even though I was drinking every night, I was able to get up in the morning and perform and do what I needed to do as far as making an income and being successful and things like that. But then we repeat the cycle and go home and just fucking drink all night, you know, and in that you destroy the relationships, the, you know, Shannon, the relationship between her and I gets gets hurt because I'm drinking all the time and moods change when you drink and stuff like that. With the kids, you know, there's more irritability, things, you know, all those things are factors. And it's stuff we don't think about and we don't actually start living our lives until we've dealt with and come to terms with certain things. You know, and I know you feel the same way about a lot of things. Now, what I make fun of you for, <laughs> do we really want to go down that road? Nah, it's okay. a rocky road. I didn't think we wanted to, but I can assure you that the majority of my listeners and our listeners would be like, I'd fuck with them too. 
because <laughs> because everybody I bring it up to, That's they right. they have the same no, but everyone I bring it up to, it's the same thing. They're like, uh, yeah. That's that's a little fucked up. Get over it. You know, do what you got to do. But once again, everybody deals with different things on a different level. You know, everybody deals with loss, rejection, letdown, all that stuff they deal with on a totally different level, depending on who they are, what their past experiences are. Now, the thing is, is me growing up, I had to I had to live through a lot of shit, you know, and so that hardened me to a certain degree to be who I am today because I have to I had a survival mechanism basically, is what it boiled down to. You have to be able to read people quickly, and you have to be able to tolerate what it is that they're saying. When my sister's dad used to poke me in the chest and call me a bitch and say I was stupid, I had to make a decision whether or not I was going to let that impact me or whether or not I was going to grow past that and allow myself to get to a point to where it no longer bothered me. Up until, I would say, the past five or six years, somebody called me a bitch, it was on. Didn't matter. Like, I'm seeing red. I'm going to knock your head off your fucking shoulders if somebody called me that. And that was just because, you know, there was that that childhood put down and that memory instantly flashed back and it created anger. But what I realized as I got older is, you know, I'm for one, a lot of these younger kids, dude, there's some big motherfucker. <laughs> you know, the 25-year-old isn't the same 25-year-old when we were 25. Mm-mm. But more importantly than that, I don't need to be out fighting and doing shit. I I just don't put myself in those situations. I don't go out to the clubs. I don't go out to the bar because I know those are trigger areas for me, you know? So I avoid doing that, which is how I adapted to dealing with that problem. And more importantly is I acknowledge it. I acknowledge that he was a piece of shit because of the things he did to me in my life. And that should not be a reflection upon me. And I really think that a lot of things that people have to do is they have to reflect on the things that have happened in their life and find the good in it. Jocko Willink has that that um, YouTube video, and you know the one I'm getting ready to talk about because I talk about it all the time, and that's where he says, good. Didn't get the things that you needed to get today to, to make it through? Good. Good. Right. You can almost you almost sound like him, but about six pitches too high. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because when he says it, dude, good. Jocko can like romance you to sleep, you know? But anyways, and he just came out with, uh, with a new book, by the way, and uh, I can't remember the title of it. But definitely check it out because any of the content that he puts out, good. No, he's (laughs) dude. If you really listen to a lot of his podcasts and things like that, and if you listen to Jocko's, um, he's got some things on Amazon like MP3s and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're not motivated to get to the gym, and you know you can listen to his stuff, and you're like, "Fuck, I need to go to the gym, or else." I'm going to let Jocko down, and Jocko will kill you in your sleep, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways. He does have a new book out. Um, it's it's a book that's geared more towards dealing with the fears of people when they're younger. You know, the the things – and actually, it's a great book for the mental mindset as far as the problems that we see in our lives that we intensify and we figure out that, you know what, once we deal with those problems, they're not as big as we thought they were. You mean like me? Yeah, when I have to deal with your little <laughs> short ass. Yes, exactly. No. So – but back to what I was saying, you know, before I got on the Jocko rant and everything else – uh, the good, there's always good in something, you know, in your case, girl leaves you good. That means that's the girl that wasn't for you. That means there's something better that's coming down the path. You wouldn't be put in front of somebody that was worthy of you to have that person taken away unless there was a lesson to be learned. Things don't go well and and a client winds up, you know, canceling their deal with us and going somewhere else. Good. 
maybe that client was going to be a pain in the ass, or maybe that client's getting a better deal for them and their family somewhere down the road. And that's going to service them better because not everything's about self-service. Sometimes it's about looking out for the best of others. And sometimes we learn those lessons in life experiences, you know, but my mom passed away. People would look at that and be like, there's nothing good out of losing your mom. And from the surface standpoint, you're absolutely right. There is nothing good about losing the person that's raised me, built me, and, and made me the man I am today. Nothing good about that, you know, because there's that loss of that person. Yeah, and nothing that for us. Right. For them, maybe, because then there's no more suffering. Well, and, and that's, once again, it's not self-service. My mom no longer has to deal with drug addiction. Mm-hmm. She no longer has to deal with the effects of cancer and the combination of the two things putting themselves together, struggling on a day-to-day basis to make ends meet. She doesn't have to do all that shit anymore. Now she can at least live happily in you know what we consider to be heaven or, or whatever it is that the listeners consider to be their after place, if there is an after place for them. And she can live in a, in a point where she can look down on her children and make sure they're okay. And the best thing I can do for her is make sure I'm okay. You know, same with you. Same with the loss of your mom. The best thing you can do for her is to make sure you're okay. Because if not, you're letting down everything it is that she spent her life building. You know, your mom and my mom both spent their lives building this person, struggling, sacrificing, in your own words, not having meals sometimes. Same with Mm -hmm. my mom. Not literally going hungry. Yeah, literally. In order to make sure that we could eat, that we could live that we can grow up to be strong and healthy, you know, whatever it took, it didn't matter. Now, who am I to go and and dispel and put all that down by just saying, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to drink every day and that's what I'm going to do. You know, eventually I have to look at it and say, I've got to fix this. And I got to fix this because if my mom was watching me right now, if she was sitting in this room a year ago looking at the things I was doing, she'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, she would probably... My mom used to spank my ass. It, dude, it didn't matter. <laughs> I was 16 years old one time, and I said something smart to her. She s- literally stood up on a chair and smacked me. I mean, my mom was short. She was like 5'3". She literally stood on a chair and smacked me. She said, don't think that you're big enough to not get your ass beat. And she was dead serious. But listening to those messages, I need to take those things, and I need to carry forward, and I need to make sure that I am building a life for myself that she deserves and that I deserve. And so that's the good that comes out of it. Once again, with every bad thing, there's something good, right? And we just have to take time to say, hey, what's the lesson to be learned here? And if you don't, then I think those problems are going to compile. You stay stuck in it. You do. There's a stopping point, and the stopping point has to be when you come to grips and realization with whatever the case is and whatever had happened, and then you have the ability to, like you said, find something good in it, and that allows you to move forward. If not, then you stay stuck in the situation for a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, you get stagnant. You hit a point where it's like, fuck, you know, I was doing so well, and this happened. You know, a a job. Let's take something a little bit more lighthearted than Mm -hmm. the loss of a parent. A job. Do you know that I could, right now, and I've thought about this several times, sending um, the past managers I've worked for, a letter thanking them for being an asshole to me if they were an asshole from time to time, but most of all believing me in me at some point in my career enough to employ me and then allowing me to learn and to grow and paying me to do a job because doing all that allowed me to get to the point where I am today. Let's take Hugh Miller, for example. If he would have said, no, nah, Alex, uh-uh, we're not going to hire you, fuck that, or even better, we're not going to bring you back a second time. 
If he had not had that faith in me, where would I have been? What would I have learned? Could I have grown to the point that I am today? And I would say without that opportunity, all those pathways are lost. I would say without that second chance, everything that has calculated and come to play today would not be in effect mm-hmm. because it it creates a different pathway. Do you remember those old books, Choose Your Own Adventure? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you could literally – and I used to cheat. I used to like get in there and it'd be like, <laughs> you can take this door to go here – turn to page 53 or this door to go there, turn to page 60. I'd turn to page 53 and read the first couple lines, then 60 and we read the first couple lines and be like, all right, I'm going to take page 60. You know, But in life, you can't necessarily do that. You can't sample what it is that's going to happen to you in the future. The only thing you can do is make calculated decisions and learn lessons from everything it is that, that happens in life. So my previous employers, the Hugh Millers and, and the the Michael Hamptons and people like that, they allowed me to stair step to where I am today. And they've put me in a position where I am now by simply learning from the lessons that I learned from them. Now, some of the things that that were taught, I maybe didn't agree with, but it's kind of like your parents when you're young. You never agree with what it is they have to say until you turn like 25 and you're looking back, you're like, fuck. They were right. No wonder why she didn't want me smoking weed in the basement. You she know? was right. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh you know, my grandpa, with, with his recent passing, I was talking to my cousin, once again, another person that we always stayed at his house, and he's like, you know, I never realized that he prepped me for life by doing the things that he did until I lost him, you know? And so there's a lesson to be learned with that. A lot of the times we can't see past our own fucking nose, and it takes being able to see past that in order to see the good and to figure out what it is that we're doing to be able to move on, be stronger, be faster, be better. So anyways, I'm sorry for the long-winded post. You know, when I get into my zones and, and drop right down there in the, gro- in the groove of things, I want to keep going because I don't want to deliver a half-assed message. And I like to keep my time within a certain limit, but I'm also not going to deliver a message to the listeners that's just bullshit and just, you know, a time filler. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. We're, we're definitely traveling down a road. We're almost to 90. Mm. 90. Wow. Who would have thought? And, and see, here's the thing. The group keeps building. The amount of listeners keeps growing and the content, in my opinion, keeps getting better. Mm -hmm. You know, eventually you're looking like, fuck, what am I going to talk about now? And it's sometimes difficult. You've been here before. We've talked about podcasts and been like, okay, um, what should we talk about? And we go through like five or six starting podcasts. Most people don't know. I don't edit these podcasts. I may adjust the sound a little bit, but the podcasts are never cut and spliced Mm -mm. at any point throughout the whole thing. So what you're getting is real raw emotions and feelings. That's why I think this podcast continues to see growth. And this is just another example of hitting low points in order to try to reach the high points. Will I ever be at the level that Joe Rogan's at? I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know when it takes one time for one person to listen to this podcast and give me a shout out on the internet or something like that. And all of a sudden, boom, the podcast explodes. And now we're doing you know podcasts every day and getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars per episode. I don't know if that'll ever happen. I'm not saying it will never happen. Is it likely? No. But is it going to stop me from doing this? No. If I have one listener and that one person is a consistent listener and that's the person that listens to my podcast all the time, then guess what? That one listener is going to have that podcast until they stop listening and I go down to zero listens because that means I'm doing my job and my intention with this whole podcast, which is helping somebody. Mm-hmm. My initial goal was to help one person. So if I have one listener, that's one person, I'm helping somebody. And maybe, I mean, more than likely that one listener would be my aunt. 
My aunt really fucks with people <laughs> online because her name on there is Alex Martinez, but it's her using her son's account because she doesn't know how to set all that shit up. And so she'll say things like, oh, you know, such a cute picture of you. And I know everyone else is looking. They're like, what a fucking weirdo, you know, <laughs> this dude telling this dude that that's such a cute picture of him all the time. So just to clarify, that is my aunt. Um, what do you stink or something? What are you doing? I was rubbing my eye. That's fucking weird. Whatever. So, all right. Well, anyways, thanks again for tuning in, guys. Definitely have a bunch going on today. I apologize for this being longer winded than most podcasts. But once again, you know, when you have some good content going, you really want to share it. Do me a favor, like, tag, subscribe, share, do all the shit that you would expect someone to do if they really enjoyed something it was that you were doing. And most of all, if you have any comments, suggestions, or anything like that, feel free to send me an email at aj at ajnashville.com. Any final closing words? Sound like Jerry Springer here. And no. Final thoughts. <laughs> I, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, we'll see you soon. Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in to the AJ Nashville podcast. Let me take a second to thank our sponsors, the people that make it possible for me to be in your ears on a week-to-week basis. Thanks again for tuning in. House on the Rock Home Inspection with Dave Ganatra. You can feel free to reach his team at 615-717-7900. Let me tell you, when it comes to protecting your greatest asset that you ever purchase, Dave's got you covered. Builders fear this man. Feel free to reach out to his team. Once again, 615-717-7900. 